cliffcentral.com. Hello and welcome to another In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is cliffcentral.com going for global domination across the podcasting universe. This show is where you're lucky enough to meet the people that I'm lucky enough to meet on my world of travels across the conferencing industry. Backstage, front of house, I get to share my time with an awful lot of leaders, thought-provoking people, great public speakers, entertainers, wow, business leaders, all sorts of folks, I guess. And really, in many respects, my guest on this podcast actually ticks most of those boxes, if not all of them. He was called by the Sunday Times the country's most recognized comedian. So it can only be the one and only John Flismus, who's joining me now on his mobile phone from somewhere deep in the African wilderness at the moment. And John, it's a pleasure to have you with us on the program. How are you, mate? Thank you, Michael. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. So the country's most recognized comedian. I mean, that's a hell of an accolade from the Sunday Times. Um, well, it could be, or it could mean that they're very tired of me. Oh, yeah, maybe. I never figured of that, really. Um, but I mean, you know, do, do you feel that you are the most recognized comedian? Do people stop you in the street and go, hey, John Flismus, tell me a story. Vent in my direction. Yes, I get a lot of that, which is very awkward as an introvert. Uh, but I also recognise that these are the shareholders, and so, and so you have to uh, be grateful, and and uh, you must take every photograph, and you must be in every conversation, and make it imp- like it's important. Now, what you said intrigues me there about you being an introvert, and I, I think it's fair to say that it's mainly an unspoken secret that many comedians, many people out front in that spotlight. Uh, not just comedians, but many entertainers too, are very introverted people. Um, that surprises people when they hear it for the first time. Is it really true? Um, y- yes, I think uh, much more correctly than people who assume that comedians are all depressed. Um, I think, uh, yes, we're introverted. I spend a lot of money on therapy to work out that uh, probably the answer is I generally uh, bottle everything and then I vent it on stage in one massive whack of therapy uh, on behalf of the whole audience, as it turns out, and let out all of our frustrations through me. Well, you're known for venting and being kind of angry on stage, um, which I love. I think it's just absolutely superb. Every time I've seen you, I just think you're like a breath of fresh air coming through. Does the angriness come from being Zimbabwean born, Mr. Fussman? <laughs> yes. Breast said without electricity tends to make a toddler really angry. No, I um, I, um, I guess uh, I think it's just sheer frustration at... at um, you know, we put up with a lot as people every day, and, and we say it's all fine because we prefer order over chaos. But at some point, someone has to sort of just put a foot down. And so I think, um, I think uh, I'm a good putter of feet down. Awesome stuff. Now, I also know that um, lots of comedians, yourself included, have had a university education. You're no different in that respect. You went to the Durban University of Technology, I believe. Yes, before well, before it was called that, it was called the Technicon. I never really got a degree. I got what you might call a brochure in drama. Um, it's it's been really useless. Uh, but I was very uh, happy to spend time with three very good teachers uh, when I was there. So that was probably worth the price of admission. You didn't burn down a library in your spare time, or perhaps <laughs> overturn a bus, did you? No, we probably just mimed a catastrophe as an exam in one of the gardens at the uh, at the Technicon. How does that current Fees Must Fall campaign make you feel, by the way? 
Um, you, you know, it's it's a very sad uh, mixture of um, some kind of admiration for students and a deep distrust of their real motives and the fact that there's no leadership. Um, these are angry people who should have a voice, but there's no one listening. Now, so, you're an angry person with a voice. I mean, you've done pretty well out of it. You do your own shows, your own stand-up. You've had a TV career, a film career. I mean, you've performed all over the world as well. Not bad for an introvert, I might say. Who was thrown out of school? I know. I, I'm I'm quite impressed with that. <laughs> I had to leave high school because they asked me to. Um, so I'm uh, I'm very grateful, and and um, I hope to prove that if you're uh, an inquiring mind, you can go very far. Oh, brilliant! I mean, you've performed globally: Canada, Dubai, Europe, the Edinburgh Festival. That must have been a nerve festival in its own regard as well. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Dubai. When you think of performing comedy in Dubai, I mean, you can't even expel gas in a public place there without being arrested at some <laughs> level. Um, I was reminded of I was in Iran recently on a on a conference tour with a speaker called Jeff Ram from the UK, and he said we should invent an Iranian fast food that would take over the world. And we decided we'd bring something out called Burka King, which was a fast food joint <laughs> where you you painted out the, the, the top and bottom of the windows in black and you had to peer through to see what the menu had on the other side. But I mean, you know, I it's a great idea. Comedy like that, the Burka Cafe or the Burka King. I mean, it, it, you know, does that kind of comedy go down well in Dubai? I mean, you went down like a storm there. Um, you know, a desert was, storm. How's that? Oh, uh, very good. Like a, desert, like a big dust storm. Exactly. Um, I was mostly performing to South Africans and British expats. Um, we were warned that there would be people in the audience taking notes um, about what we said. We were told it was fine to say anything other than anything religious uh, exception would be taken. Um, and uh, in fact, I was approached by a, a, a local uh, divine man after the gig. And I thought he was one of those uh, sort of moral guardians, but he was actually coming just to say hello and to enjoy the comedy. So, so I mean, it's it's a tricky one. Um, most of the time, I don't think it's as dramatic as we as we feel it may be or as dangerous. But I also don't feel um, being put into a jail in Dubai because you insisted on doing a joke, which you didn't really have to do, is that important. I'd rather save my battles for at home, where it's really important. Well, it's kind of intriguing as well, because here you can be completely outspoken back home in South Africa as well. Thank God we still have freedom of speech. It's one of the very few so things that we have left that are free. Yes, so far. Um, In fact, today they're tabling this uh, new hate speech bill, and it looks like it's being rushed through. So we'll see what the future of free speech will be. How does it make you feel? Well, uh, you know, I've always been against the system, and so it's just more system to be against now. Um, I would take my guidance from one of my absolute heroes, Peter Dirk Ace. Um, he's always been a bit of a leading light when it comes to uh, freedom of speech. So, so my eyes are going to be on the satirists and see how they react, the, the, the real satirists, the Zapparos, um, you know, Peter Dirk, the, the guys that are really on the front line. I chatted with Deborah Patter recently, the well-known journalist, and she said, if you want to be a journalist, this is the best country in the world in which to work. Um, I would kind of modify that now and put the same question to you. If you want to be a comedian, is this one of the best countries in the world to do comedy in? Well, I mean, you know, no one's stopped anyone so far. It's worth noting that not one comedian has been found guilty of racism in the recent past. Uh, I recently was lucky to interview uh, Judge Edwin Cameron briefly. He did remind me that satirists enjoy certain extra protection under the Constitution. So, um, so far, so good. But I, I literally am watching the horizon with bated breath. And speaking of the horizon, what what lies ahead now for John Flismus? I mean, you know, you've had a very successful career to date. Obviously, like all business people, you need to reinvent yourself to stay relevant. How are you reinventing John Flismus? 
Well, um, you know, so the first, let's call it third of what I, my professional career was what I called on stage. That was great. And I needed to understand stand up, um, you know, more and, and try and uh, perfect that craft. I don't think anyone ever perfects it, but get better. And then, uh, and then uh, the second third was backstage, which, which was more about designing uh, experiences in conjunction with other comics, putting together conferences, um, designing productions um, and producing them. And, and now um, I'm spending more and more time in the business of what I do. So, so in other words, it's just putting the right structures in place. We, we really got far with the Comics Choice Awards, which is something which I started. Um, and, and there are a few other things, The Gathering, which is a, a political um, get-together, which we, we produce for the Daily Maverick guys. Um, so I'm just building the business structures uh, that are necessary for us to keep making what we do bigger and better. And what about the corporate side of things, where I earn most of my living, you know, working on stages right. for corporate companies around the world? Uh, you know, are you yep. doing much of the corporate stuff at the moment, or, or are you sure. still out um, there on your own? Um, I've done a fair amount of corporate comedy and MC work, but now increasingly um, producing events for that, that world. So we've just finished a nine-country roadshow for a large um, institution in South Africa, uh, which was logistically very interesting um, over 13 months. That was very good. And, and we've done some big um, like leadership conferences and awards um, um, ceremonies and year-end kind of strategic things. So, so I'm, uh, I'm very excited because the theatricality of what we've been producing for the public is now being um, asked for in the corporate and particularly the learning space, which is very exciting because teaching executives using theatrical um, techniques is really exciting. The learning space, I certainly understand, but do you not terrify corporates? Are they not frightened of saying <laughs> MC and John Flissmus in the same sentence? Is that really a good yes. mix, do you think? Uh, I do get a lot of that initially, but we found that in the boardroom we solved that problem. And, and then uh, increasingly, it's, it's amazing to see a man with neck tattoos who got asked to leave high school and be asked to sit in on strategy sessions and stuff because um, they realize that just like them, I run a business and I employ people and we have things like cash flows. And somehow this maniac pays his rent and expands his business and knows how to account it all. So, so it's amazing how that trust is growing. Exciting times lying ahead for you. I hope so. I, I really hope that uh, – I do believe that open minds are going to solve this country's problems, not the ones that are kind of the old-school corporate mentality of just take, take, bully, beat, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, you, you're good at growing and looking to develop new talent as well. Is there, is there a new generation of good African comedians emerging, do you think, John? Um, absolutely. There's a huge crop, and – you know, I always say I feel like an iPad 1 watching iPad 4s roll off the production line. Um, uh, it's incredible. There are more of them, and they are better, faster than uh, you can develop a comic or they can develop themselves in like a fraction of the time uh, that I thought it took when I was coming up. So I'm very excited. And, and as you mentioned, Africa, the, the, in every country in Africa, there's signs of life in the comedy world. So that's really exciting. Uh, we just had nine... Uh, visitors to our Comics Choice Awards, uh, one from each of nine African nations. And I have to say, they were all phenomenal, from like Lesotho to Nigeria. All of them were great. And that's superb. And do you think these new generation of comedians, and you can include yourself in this as well, go beyond ethnicity or gender? I mean, you know, in the old days, I think, you know, com comedy was very almost racially driven. And when I say the old days, I'm talking about the 1950s before you and I were born. Right. Well, I think in the 1990s, comedy was racial. And in fact, 
a lot of the commercial comedy now is still very racial, but I, I know what you're saying. I think we're becoming more sophisticated as a people. And, and, uh, and what I'm very happy to say is that when I started doing comedy in, in the 90s, the, the very early 90s, uh, you could very much tell a comedy audience. They were generally white males on their own with other males in bars. And now when I look out at a crowd, you, I cannot tell you what a comedy fan in South Africa looks like, which is hugely exciting. And that's just a sign of the developing organization of the, or of the country in its own regard, really. I mean, you know, SAB tried it first when they said, oh, yeah, it's all interracial with our beer adverts back in the 1980s and early 90s. <laughs> but now that's right. become reality, really, hasn't it? Maybe they were just pioneers in the old days. Well, I think they were aiming for, you know, utopia, and I think it's growing organically. So, so now we used to make fun of those ads because of how un, unreal they were. But now if I look at my daughter and her friends and I look at, like, young people that we employ, that picture's, like, emerging organically, and that's very exciting. Ah, stunning. So, look, John, time is against us. Fifteen minutes has absolutely flown by. I've got about 45 seconds left to thank you. Um, but most importantly, in, the best way to thank you is to say, how do people get hold of you? Um, you know, where do you find out right. more about the world of John Flissmas apart from on Google, where you're a legend, by the way? <laughs> Apparently. Well, you're very kind. Uh, uh, you can go to whacked.co.za, W-H-A-C-K-E-D. That's where uh, that's the name of my company, and uh, and that's where I live. Uh, um, you know, most of what we're doing is posted there. Brilliant stuff. So you've been listening to John Flismus. Go to whacked w h a c k e d dot co dot z a and find out what John and his wonderful colleagues and associates are doing in the world of comedy. Thank goodness comedy is alive and well, and thank goodness John Flismus is alive and well in that same vein. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show, John. I look Thanks forward so to seeing one of your productions in the not too distant future. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. All the very best, mate. More power to you. Take care. And you've been listening to In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is CliffCentral.com. CliffCentral.com.